You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Colosso Soprano. Go! Your destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley and international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Go! Golazo, golazo, golazo. Aso, aso, aso. Golazo Supremo, Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley. It is the 15th episode and Rick, what is up? So good to see you, my brother. And as they say in France, cans. Nice. Ons, deux, trois, quatorze. All right. Like, cans. like she has big cans. Well, okay. That's. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Can no, it you... is a podcast. I'll allow it. It didn't get waved off for some reason. Yes. France, cans, but ultimately the biggest prize in European soccer will not be settled in France. It will not be settled by France. Two English sides will travel to Madrid to take on each other with the Champions League still a month away, but you got to still be basking in the glow of that. That Tottenham berth in the final against Liverpool coming up. Yeah, and funnily enough, the second biggest prize will be two London clubs as well, with Chelsea and Arsenal in the Europa League. It's it's pretty interesting. Those people who for years said that the Premier League is, is not the best, there were times when you could say, look, the best team is Spanish, you know, Real Madrid, or uh, maybe the best rivalry is Italian, whatever. But when you talk about league and how cosmopolitan it is now. There's no doubt that people who are doubters have to be on board with the fact that the Premier League is tops. But yes, to answer your question, uh, it still seems kind of surreal if you think about the thousands and thousands of European teams and then just to make the Champions League is a huge thing. And Tottenham had never even been to a semifinal. And uh, they're in the final. And of course, Tottenham lost 13 league games. Liverpool lost one. Wow. So they're the huge favorites. But then again, so is Man City. And you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very exciting. And the neutral field, the neutral pitch, so to speak, doesn't favor either. Neither has a a great history of going to Spain and and playing well, certainly. Right. Liverpool's the the bigger name because they were the best team of the 80s and they were champions in the 90s. They won the Champions League in, what, 2005, whatever it was. So they're they're still the bigger name. There's no doubt. They're one of the biggest names in all of soccer. But uh, there's going to be some... There are a lot of Liverpool haters out there. And I think maybe with uh, Klopp versus Pochettino as skippers, we might have a little bit of... Uh, underdog love for for Spurs because Spurs it's been what 35 years since they've won a, a trophy of this magnitude yeah I mean they've got two UEFA Cups they've got a cup winners cup um, I'm looking back to the FA Cup that was 1991 um, they had the League Cup in 2001 it's been a while for some silverware no doubt some legitimate silverware it is Golasso Supremo Dan Dibley Rick Tittle, when you find this podcast, like it, share it, refresh it, retweet it, send it to your friends as a present. Coming up, we will wrap up what was an incredible Premier League season. Came right down to the final day. Came almost right down to the wire. But you mentioned it earlier, the Europa League and then the Europa Final. Two English sides there as well. What does this mean not only for the pride of English football, but also for next year's Champions League results? Well, I mean, if you think about it, Chelsea 
are, are probably going to be selling Hazard after the game. He'll be going to Real Madrid, we think. And then you've got their ban, which was upheld. Uh, Arsenal are very disappointed where they are. That's the thing. A club like Arsenal, they don't want to be in the Europa League. Chelsea don't, Chelsea don't want to be in the Europa League. But it puts these teams in the shop window. These these teams have been famous. I mean, Chelsea has won the European Cup. Arsenal hasn't. Uh, but it's just putting these teams in the shop window and uh, players who want to play in the Champions League. There's a rumor that the deal for Ryan Sessegnon from Fulham is done. with. They've been trying to buy him for three years. But the most exciting thing going on right now is the playoffs, uh, especially for the championship. And it's funny, as Darby is going to, take on Villa you've got John Terry versus Frank Lampard old Chelsea and England old boys uh together it's funny I went I saw Frank Lampard's first ever game for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge they had just bought him from West Ham West Ham sold Jermaine Defoe Michael Carrick Joe Cole Rio Ferdinand Frank Lampard they basically sold an all-star team full of young talent because that's what happens when you have zero ambition is to sell they're kind of like the Oakland A's they get all this talent, and then they just sell it all off. But it's uh, these playoffs were incredible. And to go back to the first leg with Leeds Villa, you had the situation where a player was hurt, a goal was scored. They thought the, the referee should have stopped play. Then the manager, Bielsa of Leeds, said, let Villa score. And I remember that happened years ago with Arsenal. Mark Overmars, he kept playing on when uh, and everybody was on his own team punching him because and they let the other team score. But it is the referee's job to stop play. So I really didn't have a beef with um, Villa and Leeds continuing on with play there. But then again, it just shows that old school vibe of, hey, he's hurt. It's like, well, how do we know he's hurt? Everybody goes down and goes, oh, my shin, right, and then they're right. fine. But we saw some from uh, Marco Bielsa, the, the head coach, some fantastic sportsmanship, I thought, Dan. So he let the other team come back and score right away? Automatically just said, you score. And one of the, the fullbacks uh, for Leeds was like, no, what are you doing? And then they're yelling at him, let him score, dummy. And he's like, what do you mean let him score? And then now look, Villa is going to Wembley. Leeds is not going to Wembley. And Leeds will be back in the championship again next year then. What mm-hmm. a dramatic turn of events. I hadn't seen that. And I was kind of, if they had gone to Wembley, then they could have said, take on nice. Leeds, take <laughs> on Leeds. Take. Oh, sorry. Rick Tittle with your <laughs> 80s favorites here on Golasso Supremo. Now to the, and I, I did want to ask you this about uh, the Europa League, though. If Arsenal wins, they get automatic entry into next year's Champions League. Chelsea's already in next year mm-hmm. automatically. So if Arsenal loses, coming in fifth, they'll be in Europa League next year. Now, if Arsenal does win, does that bump Manchester United, currently on the outside looking in, do they then go up into the Europa League as as the team to replace and you, represent? You get five teams. Even if you... So England gets five, and you, we know the top four go to the Champions League. You don't League. punish anybody, you just get an extra team. So you don't get a sixth to roll into that fifth spot, because you've got Man City, Chelsea... Tottenham and Liverpool, they've already qualified for next right. year's Champions League, and if Arsenal wins, they, they become the fifth team automatically. Right. So the, what they say is this is a completely separate entity. This is your prize. It has nothing to do with the ones that are already in. So you'd get a fifth team. But you would not get a sixth. <laughs> like, your sixth team wouldn't then go to Europa to balance out that field. Well, the way, it's funny. The way they used to do it with the Cup Winners' Cup, if you won the double, 
you couldn't play in the Cup Winners' Cup and the Champions League. So I remember with Sunderland, which was in the lower division, that's when Tony Norman was their goalkeeper. This is how far back it was, and they were still playing at Roker Park. They went to the, the – Manchester United won the double. They lost the FA Cup final. Sunderland went into the Cup Winners' Cup even though they lost the Cup because Man United couldn't play on both fronts and the Champions League was a bigger prize. So that's where they can get a little wonky. But, yeah, for Arsenal, it's it's all to play for. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley here, Golasso Supremo. Let's look back at the Premier League in the last day and the drama that sort of played out but didn't fully – play out. We had the 10 simultaneous matches. We knew Liverpool needed a win and help. They needed a win and a Man City loss or a Man City draw. They would have won the Premier League had that happened, had it gone that way. Glenn Murray strikes for Brighton. City falls behind and for the entirety of about 60 seconds, Liverpool was again top of the table, but ultimately too much quality as we like to say on the Man City side. Yeah, and you know, a little thing like that is 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 it's so funny. It's so apropos to the moment, um, and I'm sure that that had people doing raptures in the red side of Liverpool. But the thing I think is is really ridiculous is after the match, Brighton and Hove Albion fired Chris Hewton, who I'll always love. He's Tottenham through and through, former Irish international. All he did was keep his team in the Premier League, and that wasn't enough. And um, when you look at the talent, I mean, Glenn Murray, are you kidding me? That's your best striker. And bless him, he's better than you and I. But, man, you're supposed to get into the top five with that. So I don't understand some of these owners sometimes. I mean, George Seifert was fired for going 12-4 and four and Roger Craig fumbled. So you never know who's going to get fired for whatever reason. But I do feel bad because uh, I think keeping a team like that in the Premier League is your first mission before anything else. And 36 points for Brighton, 17th overall in the table, but too clear of Cardiff, who gets sent. Fulham on its way down, and Huddersfield we knew would be relegated back on or about Christmas. What do you make of the two teams that will be coming up from the championship and joining the Premier League next year? Well, you get Norwich, the Canaries, um, bring a little premiership back to East Anglia. Carrow Road is a fun little ground. Delia Smith is the owner. She's the cooking magnate, and she has her famous saying. She comes out and she says, let's be having you. And I've asked people, what does let's be having you mean? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like Newcastle with Howway the Lads, H-O-W-A-Y. What's Howway the Lads? It's just something we say. Okay. They can't explain it. I'm happy for the Blades. I've always been partial to the Owls in Sheffield, but if you think about Bramall Lane and all the talent that's come through there, um, I remember when Tottenham bought two Kyles, Kyle Walker and Kyle uh, Naughton from Sheffield United. They have not had a lot of great players in the last 10 years, but it's funny, when I was a fan, they were a fixture in the first division. In fact, both Steel Town teams were, were fixtures. Um, so I am happy for both of those teams, but... Um, you know, uh, they're going to have a tough time staying up. Coming up, we'll uh, dip into a little bit of Major League Soccer and look ahead at uh, some of the summer activity in and around soccer in America as it pertains to things to keep our interest until the Premier League returns back in August. One little thing I want to throw out as I was looking at it, the playoff in Denmark because they have a playoff as well. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> um, the thing I love about soccer is I'll live to be 100 and as big a fan as I am, I'll, I'll learn names of teams I've never heard before. This team I think you could appreciate, especially in the East Bay, a team in Denmark in the playoffs, 
Hobro. Oh. H-O-B-R-O. Just H-O-B-R-A. Ho, bro. I love that. How they doing? And they have a chance to move up into... They were the, into the Super League. And you think the, about Denmark, you think about... The Danish Super League. Yeah, you think about Bromboo and FC Copenhagen. Of course. There's, there's not a lot of giants in the Danish League, yeah. How many teams overall in the uh, the Super League I think there Denmark? are 14, 14 yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. I'll, I would look it up, but I know that you have the correct answer. <laughs> I don't know for sure on that one. I'm not a big fan of the Super League. But I will say I am rooting for Odense... Uh, they're also in the playoffs. Odense is a little town on the island of Fyn, F-Y-N. It's in the middle of Shalen and Uland um, in Denmark. And I went there one time. I have family there. It's the birthplace of Hans Christian Andersen. Oh. And the Little Mermaid. The train goes into a ship. The ship closes. The ship takes you there. And then the train pops out. Uh, I am a big fan of Odense. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley with Golasso Supremo. Manchester United, we mentioned it, Rick. Not in the Champions League for 2019-2020, finishing in sixth place in the Premier League. What do you make of their situation? We all we both praised Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the job he did when he took the reins. They gave him the contract, removing interim status, and then next thing you know, they hit the skids. Did they go for premature hiregulation with Ole? <laughs> I don't think. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I mean, unless they have someone that I don't know about in their setup that everyone grew up with. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there was a Steve McLaren who was there with the Neville brothers and Nicky Budd and Jovan Krosky and David Beckham and all those guys and Wes Brown. And then Steve McLaren ended up being not just Man United manager, but England manager. Unless they have someone like that, um, I think Solskjaer is still... Uh, a good pick. Give him a full year. He didn't even have an off season to build upon. He inherited the thing while they were the wheels were falling off. So I I and I know that they say Pogba's leaving. We'll see what happens. But um, I think that that's the right choice. And what do you do if you're Manchester United right now? Because you need to rebuild completely. And it doesn't seem like in the summer transfer window coming up that there are that many big time marquee players that are going to be available. So. How do you strip this thing down while still obviously remaining not only competitive for the Champions League top four, but making sure you're at least a top half club? Because they haven't been outside the top 10 in the Premier League in, what, 20 seasons? It's been a long time, probably since they were relegated in 1979. I think it was the last year they were relegated. But they, they have firepower up front and the youngsters and Rashford and Lingard, some of this. I think what they would do is maybe go the, the Liverpool model of building from the back. I still think De Gea is good. Um, but you think about how much money Van Dyke was bought, the most expensive defender ever, and arguably the best defender in the world who's at Anfield. And I would look at Ajax, and I would look at Delight, and I would look at some of those other guys and go out there and, and buy two of the best three center halves that you can. And and then you can start branching out and playing your, your Andre Kanchelskis wing style of play, if you like. But that's probably the first thing I would look at would be defensively for them. Just checking the poll at uh, ESPNFC.com. Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the right man to turn Man U around? 94,000 votes, and it's 51 to 49, no. So well, that just shows you, I mean, obviously yeah. people are more likely to say no on something. The haters going to hate, 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 hate. But <laughs> when you have a sample this big, it's pretty well, interesting that it's 50-50. 
Yeah, and I'm not a fan. That's the thing. Um, I, if you want to liken it to something Tottenham had when they fired um, Andre Villas-Boas, they brought in Tim Sherwood, a former player, who I thought was was terrible, and it was about 50-50. And I could see people saying, boy, Tim Sherwood really has him playing now. But uh, Tim Sherwood, to me, and he was captain of Blackburn when they won the Premier League, and he had some good years for Tottenham. I'll never forget, I was in London when Tottenham beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the um, in the League Cup. That was a big thrill because Tottenham never beat Chelsea back then. Hardly even do, still do to this day. But I, I wanted Tim Sherwood out. So I could see if you're a fan, you would want a quote-unquote real coach and not a former player who had coached a couple teams in Norway. Rick Tittle, Dan Dibley, it is Golasso Supremo. Do you have a story for us today? Is this something that we have concocted? You don't have to force it if one comes to you. It's always great when you can share. I know you brought your suitcase today. Is that because you're gearing up for our trip to Madrid for the Champions League final? Or do we officially back burner that? <laughs> I'm you, not sure where we are with that. Could you imagine the hate if I called you up and go, yeah, I went ahead and went without you. That'd Sorry. be a little hurtful. <laughs> a little hurtful. Um, I'll tell you what. I met someone the other day from Poznan. And Poznan is a city in Poland that I wouldn't know about unless it was for their soccer team, Lech Poznan. And I was talking to her about the famous Poznan dance, and she didn't know about it. Years ago, and I say years ago, this was seven, eight years ago, not that long ago. But when Man City drew Lech Poznan in the Europa League, when they went to Poznan and all their fans, at least their ultras in the Curva Sud, they would turn, they would stand, turn their back to the action, put their arms around each other and sing and dance and never look at the game. Wow. The whole game. And they, we, and everyone in England was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so then Man City, they took it back to Main Road, or I guess it was Eastlands they had moved in. They took it back home to Manchester. And when Manchester City started losing, they would do the Poznan, as they called it. Uh-huh. And they'd all turn around and they would dance. And then if they heard cheers, they would look back. But I just thought it was kind of funny. I met someone from Poznan, and I knew about it, and she didn't. That's my story time. That's impressive. Today. And yeah. then that's one of those things where she's got to know who she's dealing with. You, yeah, y'all I, know I who I am. My nerd. name is Rick Tittle. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're world I'm Kevin Durant. Salon. Exactly. Y'all know who I am. I'm Rick Tittle. I'm not a- KD. AC, baby. I'm RT. I'm from Potrero Hill, y'all. I'm RT. I'm not KD. <laughs> uh, we do have some transfer talk that yes. we can certainly get into, uh, Romelu Lukaku, a.k.a. Big Rom. It appears that he will be moving on from Old Trafford after just one somewhat disappointing season. Is this the sort of season where he needs to go out and find a new league in a new country? Perhaps PSG comes calling in France or you make a move to Italy? He still has um, enough. Yeah, he doesn't need to come to America yet. It's not that bad for him. But um, applauding number nine like that, who will just take crosses in from the box, it depends on your style. I could see him going to maybe one of the more swashbuckling Spanish sides, maybe a team that's newly promoted and they want to stay in La Liga, maybe something like that. So maybe a Real Oviedo or a Deportivo de la Coruña. Nice. The Sporting Society of the Queen's Crown. Oh. These fantastic names we get in soccer. It's fantastic. Maybe something like that. I know Manchester United is also targeting Kieran Trippier as a possible oh, please. move. Please. You would like to see Trippier go? Oh, my gosh. Please. I'll drive him there. I'll fly over and drive him to Manchester. I thought Trippier was uh, one of your more favored uh, Spurs. I, he's certainly higher on your pecking order 
than Danny Rose. Yes. And the only Is he I just one notch above and that's it? <laughs> He's two notches above Danny Rose. I can live with Trippier. But if you want to if you want to give Tottenham money for Trippier, please take him off our hands. Yeah, he's awful. He'll live forever though with his semifinal goal in the World Cup. That's great. But no, he gets used and he gets abused and he makes so many dumb mistakes. But no, he'll never go to the nader of soccer, which is Broadway Danny Rose. Nice, yes. nice. Rick Tittle <laughs> and Dan Dibley, Golasso Supremo. If you're catching this, give it a retweet, pass it along, like it on iTunes and all of the other purported areas. One thing I'll say, and I won't give a full Lamar Hunt Cup update, but there was an upset from, like, League 9 to League 3, but I just remember the name of the team that won, the Soccer Soldiers. Really? Yeah. So Who did they beat? I don't even remember, but give a shout-out. (laughs) Look it up. I just remember seeing... What a, what a shocker it was. Like, USL beat uh, whatever it was. The soccer sh- soldiers pulled the, the first big upset of the Lamar Cup. Florida soccer soldiers on Wednesday, May 8th, they beat Miami FC. There it is. In the first round. Then they came back, and they needed to go to PKs just a couple of days ago. Oh, this is it. Taking on Charlotte Independence. Yes, and they're in a higher league. So is Miami FC, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know. But maybe not. Either way, they beat Charlotte Independence 5-4 mm-hmm. in PKs. Up next for our new favorite team, <laughs> the Florida Soccer Soldiers. Wednesday, May 29th, they're taking on North Carolina FC. So they're working uh, their way through the region. You know, it's funny you bring up North Carolina. I did an interview with Christine Lilly this week, who's one of the great soccer players of all time. She played for the national team when she was a junior in high school. And she also, we think about, you know, we remember Brandy Chastain, 99, taking off the shirt. It was Lily who cleared a ball off the line, or we never even got to that. Right. But we were talking about... 0-0, right, as we went to penalties that day? That thrilling day in front of 92,000 at the Rose Bowl? Very good. That's right. Um, But she she, um, played for North Carolina. And I think about Anson Dorrance. He he wouldn't work now. Anson Dorrance was the whole thing about you blanking mother. He treated him like really harsh really harshly like even if you would treat men Hmm. but as they said and jerry what's his name the head coach of santa clara said santa uh, north carolina played mean they were and mia ham even said as a girl i was told i couldn't be mean and aggressive and then anson dorrance said i could there was one lawsuit with someone who thought the language was rough but i was thinking about that dan today's world the way Anson Dorrance coached. We just had a women's basketball coach who had to resign for the same thing. You can't coach like that anymore. Well, look at Gino Oriema, the basketball coach at UConn. Imagine if he started today without the gravitas, as we like to say in the morning show, Joe Lowe and Dib 6-10 to 10 <laughs> on 95.7 of the game. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have that track record and the gravitas, there's no way he could start today and coach the way he coaches as a man. Now, the late Pat Head Summit, who was pretty aggressive and pretty verbal toward her teammates, yeah. perhaps she'd be perceived a little bit different because it's a woman speaking to a woman. I know. I'm not saying anything's wrong either way, no, by the way. No, I know. And I just think about all the things football coaches said to me. One of them wanted to rip my eyeball out. And, wow. Yeah. And but uh, and it, at, back then, I, I was th- sort of thinking through my face mask, well, this is a dramatic performance right now. Nowadays, it would be like I'm calling my dad and my lawyer. Yeah, and that's it's one of those things where... I look at the way I coach, and I, I think I've told you this before. I have never been much of a disciplinary and mm-hmm. hard guy, you know, run through that wall. But even the way I coached in 2000 to where the way I coach now, 
completely different. Part of that is because I'm 20 years older. Right. And I have a greater perspective on the relative import of whatever it is activity you're coaching. In my case, it's boys volleyball. Mm -hmm. But it's just the idea of how we interact with young people. And it's for the benefit of everyone, I think. But the old school mentality doesn't really exist as much anymore, thankfully. Yeah, no. For there are a lot of things about it that were were all bad. I had a coach who in Richmond who brought a gun to practice, and wow. uh, he just opened his coat and showed us. And uh, that's probably not very uh, Sesame Street these days. Uh, by the way, how did Bod do? Uh, nineteen and eight, wow. second in league. We had a good year. Uh, De Anza, shout out Elsa Bronte, took yeah. us out in the North Coast section mm-hmm. first round of the playoffs. Elsa Brainy. Yeah, in, in the branny. <laughs> I fought for the eight seed so we could host in the eight nine matchup, and then they promptly came to our house and took it from us. So. Quick story: My high school girlfriend went to De Anza, so Hello. I went to their proms. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> my older brother was the head baseball coach at De Anza, and I remember went to see one of his games, and one of his players came out bottomless to wow. the to the field, and I said, "You're not going to yell at this guy," and he goes, "I, I don't even want to start." So that was the discipline for his team. Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley here. <laughs> Golasso Supremo. Uh, yes. We've got time for a few more. I do want to We update. can talk a little soccer at the end. Let, no, let's do it here because <laughs> I, I have a new travel destination for oh. us. I, I've been trying to pitch you on right. going to Madrid to see the Champions League final. But suddenly now I have a, a trip that's coming up May 29th. We're going to Cary, North Carolina to see the Florida Soccer Soldiers at North Carolina FC. They're playing at... Coca Booth, Field Two, <laughs> Field One must have been busy. That's a softball game at Wake Med Soccer Park. Coca Booth, Field Two, as the third round of the U.S. Open Cup soldiers on. So I love that. I just wanted to share. Uh, I was my yep. new my new dream of a travel trip with you. Yesterday, I was talking to the um, the owner of the Omaha Storm Chasers. He also is the owner of Baseball America magazine, and he's starting the only professional soccer team in Nebraska in Omaha. And it's USL, and he realizes he's not going to make any money. He just loves it. And that's the thing. It's a labor of love because there's no promotion. There's no relegation. You could say there's hope to get to MLS. Cincinnati had the second highest attendance of any soccer team in America last year, and so they were let in. But I would think the, the chances of making it to MLS are very slim. So that's just you know, that's a labor of love. You're starting a brand-new right. team. Out in the middle of, uh, you know, well, Omaha's not in the middle of cornfields, but still, that's a little bit, uh, it's exciting news in the Cornhusker state. And we have pro soccer popping up all over, including the, the Oakland Roots to join a new yeah. NPSL team. Shout out Jorge Leon. Yes, and it's, you know, you see these markets and these micro markets, obviously the Bay Area with the San Jose Earthquakes, that's the big team for the area, but to have smaller teams from subsequent areas around it just gives the soccer fan more of the beautiful game to to digest as right. we say and i and shout out to the oakland roots who reached out to me to help and i told them i work on weekends but anytime i'm not working i will help so uh no disrespect not just because you guys are teeny tiny yeah maybe we can you know have them on the pod or yeah maybe do uh we do can a, bring jorge in here he runs the whole thing without a doubt rick tittle dan dibley golasso supremo i do want to hit you with a few more of these transfer rumors Hit look me. at all these rumors surrounding me every day yes i just need some time rick some, some time, time to get away from all these rumors <laughs> i can't take it no more my best friend said something else about i know the girl what's next the rest door. of it i don't remember the best friend said yeah something yeah. something with the girl next door <laughs> but in this case the girl next door quote unquote is antoine griezmann yeah. the french 
talisman. Most reports have him heading to Barcelona this summer, but if he doesn't go to Barca, they also have their eye on Marcus Rashford, Alexandre Lacazette, and P.E.A., not Sweet P, but Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. What do you think about those candidates to go to Barcelona? Who fits best? How do you see that playing out? I think Aubameyang would be a good fit. I don't think Arsenal's going to sell him, though. Griezmann, Tottenham got so close to signing him last time. I don't think he leaves Atleti to go to Catalonia. I think that would be, I mean, it's happened. The only two players have done that. Now, Real and Barca, it's Luis Figo and Michael Laudrup. Those are the only two fantastic players that ended up playing for both teams. But, um, I mean, I would think Griezmann would probably move to England. That's what I would be thinking. I don't know, but there would be a line around the block. The other guys you mentioned, Lacazette, all I ever see that guy do is miss open shots. Oh, wow. I have no interest in Lacazette. And who was the other guy? Aubameyang and Obama- uh, Marcus Rashford. Oh, Marcus who- Rashford, is uh, he's not going to get sold. He's going to stay I mean, with How it. could you if you're man yeah. you and you've got Lukaku leaving and Rashford is just so much upside with that speed. Rashford is a guy to me who could have used two more years on the reserves, but he was rushed into it. And now I think this next year you're going to start to see him really hit the ground. Yeah, the big question, though, is can he stay healthy over the course Mm -hmm. of, you know, 38 times 90? Not that you have to play every fixture, but you do have to show a little bit more of that durability. Mm -hmm. Uh, How about the great poll? When do we see the pride of Poland, Robert Lewandowski? When do we get this, as I do my Harry Carey, oh, (laughs) Lewandowski, when do we get to see him outside of the Bundesliga so we can really showcase what he has? Well, the thing is, when the Berlin Wall came down, the number one immigrant group coming into Germany was actually the Poles. Before that, it was the uh, the Turks. Very, Germany is very Turkish, and you can look at Mehmet Scholl and some of the other guys that played for the national team. Um, Lewandowski loves Germany. I mean, he loves Germany, and he loves playing for Bayern Munich. So it would have to be their decision. I don't see him wanting out, but, um, I mean, we'll, I, we can check on it, but I just don't see him wanting to leave, and I don't see why you would want to sell him yet. What about the idea of him going to Manchester United, a team that could use a striker and maybe looks for a big splash? Might that be a fit for Lewandowski to go to Manchester United? Of course, the expectations are always high, but maybe this next year, less than ever, against the backdrop of what we have going on in England. Well, he'd be a dream for any team. Why wouldn't you want him? Yeah, he would be a perfect... Uh, guy to put up there up front to replace Big Rom and anyone else you want there. Uh, every team can dream about a Lewandowski. I just don't see it happening. One more for you because it's a player you have to love. Gigi Buffon. Mm. Apparently PSG interested in inking the, what, 70-year-old goalkeeper? <laughs> he's got it. I know he's more than 40. I could look it up, but it's neither here nor there. But Gigi Buffon still has it at that level, or is it time for Gigi to come across the water to America in the MLS. Man, Gianluca, I think he, listen, to play for PSV would be an amazing thing uh, to stay. Um, it's funny, Mauricio Pochettino says that PSG will always be his team. That'll be the team that he manages when he leaves Tottenham. There's just something about the Parc des Princes mm-hmm. on the Seine. And it's funny because when I was a kid, the big team in Paris was called Racing Club. Racing Club Paris. They don't even have that team anymore. So, um, yeah, listen, goalies can play forever, and sometimes they're horrifying. Like, I think Peter Shilton, who was a centurion for England in caps, he played way, way too long 
when he was with, uh, who was he with, Derby County. They were horrible. And mostly because England missed out on a World Cup final because of Peter Shilton against Germany and Italy. The ball that Andreas Brema hit and it hit Paul Parker. And then Shilton went back, 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 fell. <laughs> you talk about the Timo Meyer hand pass yesterday. How about the hand of God, Maradona, punching yeah. it over Peter Shilton in Mexico 86. So you can play forever between the sticks if you're halfway good. One MLS update before we step aside. Earthquakes lose to New England 3-1. This the first match for New England after parting ways with Brad Friedel. Yeah. Longtime U.S. goalkeeper and somewhat of a newfound coach. Is that just a case of what we like to call the dead cat bounce where a team performs right away when you have a manager change? Never heard the dead cat bounce. You never have. It's a stock term where... There's a stock that's no, plummeting it. to the bottom, and right before it totally loses all its value, it goes all the way down, and then it bounces up a little bit, wow. and then it finally, much like the, the cat, <laughs> if you picture it. I like all the over-the-counter lingo. That's Thank good. Thank you. Just, um, that's a, yeah, it's a two-tapper. Oh, for it's the, a two-tapper. The DCV. A tap-in. Yeah. The DCV. Be like Uru put the rat on the table. Wow. Um, I really like Brad Friedel, and um, I've... I've had him on the show so many times. I think uh, Bruce Arena is one of the most smug, overrated jerks of all time. So I'll wow. just—I've got some personal story. I'll tell him next time about. No, that's great. About, you uh, saved a bombshell for the thirty-three minute mark. This Arena is awesome. went after me one time. Jeez, in a press conference, and so we'll talk about that next time. But now he's he's oh, it. He's overrated. He's smug. And New England, you just brought in a giant ass who's going to do nothing for your team. So congratulations. Quakes fall out of the playoff picture with the loss. They are three points clear of being in there in the playoff hunt, but still so much soccer left to be played. Rick, we're getting into the kind of the fun part of the soccer calendar, the summer. We got might get to see some of these high-level players coming to America. And we will see every single day 12 rumors that are all lies. Those tabloids have to make money. Lies! And they're going to be horrible, horrible, horrible lies. And we'll just report them all. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.